Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners are warned that this show contains names and voices of people who have died. 1st of July, 1993. Aboriginal Country by Lisa Belair. Waterfalls named after princesses and queens. Mountain ranges and walking paths have brass memorial plaques dedicated to intrepid, God-fearing discoverers. The monuments and ladies' auxiliaries wishing well neither acknowledge nor reflect Indigenous lands, Indigenous dreamings, Indigenous spirits. I pause momentarily. I acknowledge. I walk. I breathe on Aboriginal country. You're on 3CR Community Radio. This is the Spoken Word Programme, presented today by Santo Katsati. And today is a rather special programme because um, a long-time 3CR stalwart, uh, Lisa Belair, uh, who, uh, whose untimely death was in 2006, uh, is the subject of the programme because a, a new book of poetry of hers called Aboriginal Country has just been released. Uh, editor Jen Jewell Brown uh, spent 11 years searching for Lisa Belair's poems, uh, whether they were published or unpublished. Uh, some of them uh, in this book have previously been uh, quite hard to find or even impossible uh, because they've only been seen in small print runs, magazines, anthologies, that kind of thing. Maybe they were performed live. Maybe they were recorded on CD. So uh, Jen Jewell Brown has actually uh, edited this book uh, which has been published by the uh, University of West Australia Press. And I'm very, very pleased to have in the studio with me this morning Jen Jewell Brown, who actually read the title poem of the book just then. So welcome to 3CR, Jen Jewell Brown. Thank you very much, Santo. It's a delight to be back here again. You've been here quite a few times over the years. Well, I was just um, thinking back, and I think the last time I was here, the wonderful Rhonda uh, interviewed me and did a great show, and um, it's very sad that uh, she's no longer with us as well as Lisa, so uh, it makes you count every day, doesn't it? Well, yes, (laughs) I suppose I suppose that's absolutely right. And, of course, Jen, uh, for listeners, uh, is uh, something of a poetry legend herself and an uh, Australian rock legend going back. But uh, you're not actually here for those reasons, Jen, <laughs> on this occasion. Uh, but you can go to our uh, podcast archive on Podbean uh, and you can find the program that Jen did do with Rhonda and you can uh, hear a lot more reminiscing about the 1970s and the rock scene and the uh, underground poetry scene then. But uh, for today, anyway, I wanted to ask you, Jen, um, about this book that uh, University of West Australia Press has put out and your involvement in it, um, why, why you did it and what the whole process of doing it was. Sure, sure. Well, after Lisa passed away in 2006, uh, I thought, wow, this, this poetry is so important. It's not only beautifully written and performed but 
it's meaningful, it's socially vibrant, it's it's a power of itself, it's it's a kind of a a social change engine, if you will, this poetry. And I thought, you know, we've uh we've lost our sister, but um let's let's see what I can do, you know, as a poet and as a journalist who's connected here and there to try and get the work published again. So I got in touch with her literary executor, who was her fellow adoptee, John Stewart, a terrific fellow. He's um, a pilot for Qantas, and uh, he was... um, Both of them were raised by the Stewart family in, uh, in the country of Victoria, and it wasn't a very happy household, unfortunately. But when John was uh, a little adopted boy, uh, I think the parents had lost two children, as as parents often did in those days where the babies didn't survive so well, and they'd lost their own two children and they decided to adopt. So they'd adopted him, and I think he was four years old when they took him to Berry Street Baby's Home uh, to choose a new little sibling and he pointed at Lisa and he said I want the brown one so they took Lisa home and the the Berry Street baby's home didn't mention her aboriginality whether or not they knew it I'm not sure it probably wasn't those kind of forms to fill out in those days but uh she when she was raised she she didn't know what her nationality was she didn't she didn't know her her background uh of her blood family and um it took her a long time for that to happen but um john had become her literary executor after her death and you know they they were in touch when she was alive. They used to talk over the phone, uh, you know, regularly. So uh, he's done a magnificent job and he gave me permissions um, working with her uncle, Sol Belair, and uh, her aunt, Kay Belair, the widow of Bob Belair, both of them in Sydney. And uh, so I got um, this poem here published that I'd like to read next, if that's possible, um, in the age not long after her death. 17th of September 2003. All these dates I'm reading, by the way, are the dates that Lisa actually wrote the poem and has noted that she did so. Dear Jar Baby Buri, dedicated to all the Jajawarang people and their ancestors. Poor Jar Baby Buri, disrespectfully stolen, 99 years ago. Now return to your ancestors' place of dreaming and your home. Rest peacefully, dear Jar Baby Buri, wrapped warmly in possum skins, comforted, loved, Respectfully return to your place of dreaming, your home. Traditional Jajawarang way, body spirit, spirit body, respectfully mourned, respectfully buried, respectfully remembered. Traditional Jajawarang way, 
high in the boughs of the beautiful gnarled, bended gum tree from all those years ago. Surrounded in possum skins, comforted and blessed, jar baby, bory girl is home. On 3CR Spoken Word, that was the voice of Jen Jewell Brown reading the poetry of Lisa Belair. So, Jen, that poem was published uh, in The Age, and how exactly did that uh, publication lead uh, to this current book that was only launched very recently? Yes, so, Santo, I got a few of Lisa's poems published around in anthologies, um, the Best Australian Poems collection, that was edited by Dorothy Porter and in uh, a couple of other collections here and there. And I also thought there's enough poetry around here that hasn't really seen a book. It, it seems like such a, 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 you know, unfinished work for the poet to just have one book out with this level of accomplishment and so I started to search around into her archives in the uh, Koori Heritage Trust and there was a sheaf of poems she'd given to Shelton Lee and I was his literary executor, so they were typewritten. There were poems in small anthologies like one I brought in today, Untreated, poems by black writers compiled by Josie Douglas, which came out through... Jakarta books, excuse my pronunciation, and uh, there it took quite a long time. There was some poetry that was written for the centenary of Federation that was celebrated in the North Melbourne Town Hall uh, with a collaborative performance. Um, and some classical music, and Lisa had written a suite of wonderful Federation poems for those, um, so they're collected together towards the end of the book as well. Right then, well, we um, have been searching around the station this morning to see if we could find recordings of Lisa, because after all she was here at 3CR for 20 years, and uh, we struck gold. We did find some actual performances of poetry that Lisa did while she was alive, and so we'd like to uh, play you one right now. This is a poem of hers called My Sister's Apron. Uh, my sister's apron, and this was inspired by a photograph, I would think taken in the early 1900s down at uh, Lake Tyres. I think this uh, image has been identified at the Lake Tyres uh, Aboriginal Mission and uh, a photograph of yeah, four Aboriginal women wearing aprons. Well, three of them had aprons on. My sister's apron. We ran about in pairs. Hey, the four of us, from that white fellow missionary always mixing me and my cousins up and sometimes we teased him real good. Tuesday we wash our aprons because on Wednesday the government photographer is coming. I can't be bothered with all the fuss, not like my aunties, all excited. All us girls have to dress proper. We are representing our race. Too much politic politic for me. Stand in line, no touching, sounds like the missionary's wife bossing us around. That's my cousin, my younger sister. She's the one without the apron on. The apron, the apron. Too late, we are scolded. Our images are now immortalised. 
I think of my sister's apron and laugh about the trouble she will be in. (laughs) On 3CR Spoken Word, the voice of Lisa Belair reading her poem, performing it, in fact, uh, My Sister's Apron. Uh, Jen, uh, were you actually at this performance? I was. It was at La Mama in the the famous old shirt factory that has burnt down and uh, is is looking for funds to rebuild. Um, Magnificent poetry venue, uh, which was the first place I ever read poetry in 1970. And it, it... has continued that tradition, so I guess once it's back on its feet, it will be again. But the reconciliation poetry readings were run there by Yelchi, and she featured Lisa Belair, and she featured uh, Johnny Harding and Tony Birch and a range of readers, and she also asked the odd whitey like me to come along who had, you know, an interest in the field. And uh, so... I was lucky enough to watch Lisa perform that that time, and uh, it was it was beautiful. And I've got that that poem in Aboriginal Country, the new collection through the University of Western Australia Publishing. So that's available online to buy. I believe Three CRs going to put it up on their website as well as special price of twenty dollars through Three CR. And I think it's uh, twenty two ninety nine or something like that through the University of Western Australia uh, publishing there as well. And while we're talking about that, uh, it also will be available at the station, I understand. You can actually come into the station, Smith Street, uh, Fitzroy, and uh, during office hours, and you can actually buy it like right there and then if you don't want it delivered to you. Correct. Mm. What, what's your feeling um, now listening to that recording, which must be uh, oh, 10, 15 years old? Yeah. Oh, fif- yes, 15. Yeah, I guess that, it, yeah, it's, it's a long time ago, isn't it? Uh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I'm so impressed by Lisa's performance skills and her voice. She must have been a magnificent broadcaster. And... She's so well-spoken, I just feel so grungy and crappy in comparison to how well she speaks so beautifully. Um, Her expression, her her performance, and and, uh, she could take on that voice of that little girl Mm. so well, you know, the excitement and the slight naughtiness of Mm. the the kids as they had to prepare for the – Photographer, and of course, the photographer is is um, a big part of her her life. Um, it's in her poetry, a suitcase full of mould. Which, if you if you you buy that uh, book, you will be able to to reach in there and look around. And the story of the suitcase of mould is is in there as well. There's writing uh, by her Ph. D supervisor and uh, a bit of a dedication on the back from Gary Foley. Yeah, so the the book came about where I spent all this time working on getting odd poems collected and then I thought it's not enough, there needs to be a whole new book out there. So it took me a while to find the right publisher and uh, took me a lot of thinking and then I woke up one New Year's Day and thought, nope, this has got to get out there. 
Uh, so I just did what I could. And luckily, Terry Ann White at, uh, at the publishing company came together with me on the suggestion of Robert Adamson, a poet friend of mine in Sydney. And uh, they decided to put it out and they did a magnificent job. Well, I think we should uh, hear another recording of Lisa Belair reading her poetry. This is um, Never Again. Uh, This poem, Never Again. Torn from country, language and love. Anger anger accumulated 216 years plus of colonisation. Identity fragmented, identity forlorn. A shallow, shattered, saddened shadow. Who to blame, who to forgive. Reaching towards a new tomorrow. Crying, lying, slowly dying. To grieve, to leave. Create an imagined happy past. But the lies and the cries beg for justice. The night grows dark as we wait and wait. The fire sacred dance to begin. Will our people be free? Will we start to dream in colour with laughing spirits? Never again to be torn from our mother earth. Never again to be wronged and robbed. Never again and never again. August 1993 Mostar for Stan Kvesi by Lisa Belair and this is written for her father They are bombing the town the town the town where my father was born He's Croatian they are Muslim He's Serbian they're Muslim He is Bosnian. They are Muslim. They could be our sister, our aunt, our cousin. When the bombing stops, when quiet air spills out, coagulated blood, we can come home. Victory, glory, Triumph, accolades, and UN peace negotiators and Red Cross unemployed truck drivers from Australia. 3,000 a month, 18 hour days, not bad. When the deal is photographed, when Reuters, AAP confirm peace, we can go home. That's how it's supposed to go, but I don't feel right. Imagined reality, watching peacefully over our children, playing, no fear or thought of welfare, The white man, white woman in their dark, smart clothes. No disquieting sounds of desperate black mothers and fathers. The world seems safe 
after one blue sky day and another and another and another. Laughing black children, making noise, living life. There is no obvious fear. Holding dear to long ongoing honoured ways, pushing back the coldness of the so-called post-colonial onslaught. Time gives way, offers new opportunities. We can laugh, dance and dream. Be ourselves, be black, say it out loud. Hear, hear, black, loud and proud. That was Imagined Reality, written and performed by Lisa Belair. And this is Spoken Word on 3CR, and we're devoting this program to the work of Lisa Belair, and in particular to a new book of her poetry that has just been released. And uh, in the studio with me is Jen Jewell Brown, who has been very much responsible for the release of that book. But Jen, I'd actually like to ask you um, if you could give some personal reminiscences uh, of your time with Lisa, some of the stuff that you did together and and how you felt about her uh, during the time that you were together. Sure. Well, I did see all the readings at La Mama. They were particularly influential to me to be able to see Lisa read, reading alongside Johnny Harding and Tony Birch and, you know, uh, other black poets um, and writers was was tremendous, presented by Yelchi. So uh, those led to the recordings that I think we've been able to use today on a CD called Heart to Heart, which might even still be available to order through 3CR because 3CR was a co-producer. So they were great. And then I was organising a poetry reading for the Overload Poetry Festival one winter and I organised a reading for the Linden Gallery in St Kilda and asked Lisa if she'd come along and she said, uh, yes, she would. And she said, I I don't have a car, so come and pick me up from Brunswick. And uh, she was living there in a share house and uh, so I got to have a bit of a conversation with her on the way there and the way back, so that was a great privilege. And, you know, she was she was often up and down because it was a real struggle, I think, A, to be, you know, a, like a, a black academic, a black academic, uh, <laughs> one of the uh, very few black faces at Melbourne Uni where she met John Harding and connected to the Harding clan, uh, the Harding, Deacon, Nane clan. Uh, and um, also I think, you know, she worked at La Trobe. She had um, degrees from both La Trobe and um, I think Melbourne Uni. And she was a social worker, so that fed into her work very strongly. Um but uh, at times, you know, she'd just encounter racist things on the street, you know, and as a lot of black people do, you know, trouble hailing taxis. You know, one of her poems was about taxi and the conversation there on that, which I think Jack Charles has got his teeth into well and truly good on him. So Lisa wasn't so keen on getting taxis, so I drove her to the gig and we got to bond a little bit along the way and back. And and uh, one of the things I asked her about actually was um, that I was having a bit of a struggle. I'd, I'd 
gotten into researching uh, a couple of bush rangers and um, that's Captain Thunderbolt and his partner Marianne Bug and they had kids together and um, they were both bush rangers and she was an Aboriginal woman and I asked Lisa if she'd be interested in co-writing a book of poetry with me where she wrote Marianne Bug's characters and you know thoughts and the story from that point of view and I wrote the Captain Thunderbolt and uh, she agreed and we were going to do that but she was sadly going to be taken from us before this and I'm sure many other projects could happen but um, I also saw her during the performance of The Dirty Mile that happened uh, was a piece of street theatre by El Bajiri Theatre Company it was a tremendous piece of work, but it came from her idea and it was co-written, I believe, by Gary Foley uh, and also um, John Harding and Kylie Belling. Um, they they took the idea that Lisa had and, and spun, it, spun it out into the uh, Dirty Mile. So then um, I bought a ticket off her that day and uh, it was very much like, move along, move along. <laughs> you know, she was a real general at times. Uh, but that very political play, but beautifully told and it really took you into the history of Dirty Gertie, the Dirty Mile there um, we went into the Aboriginal gym, and we, you know, it's a very political journey. Um, she was, she was, I believe, um, connected to a lot of marches, um, always on NADOC committee um, and Sorry Day committee, uh, councillor for Collingwood, first uh, Koori Collingwood councillor or local councillor in in uh, Victoria. So always a political woman and uh, her, her poetry is, is an engine for change. I believe that. She did so many things. I, I just can't believe that. That's amazing. Look, we're um, nearly out of time. So, um, Jen, do you think you could uh, read one final poem from the book? Sure. This is Conversations, a.k.a. Unfinished Business, written in 2000. Conversations through the phone raise issues that still impact on Indigenous Australians. There's also a message of hope. Imagination, creativity, art, dance, music and inventive conversations. Positive expressions of Indigenous survival. Mr Prime Minister, the Mayor, young folk, warriors without treaties, the wider community... The message, as always, even though we smile, land rights, sovereignty, no more crap, ignorance and unabated racism. On 3CR Spoken Word, you've been listening to the voice of Jen Jewell Brown reading the poetry of Lisa Belair. Our program today has been all about the new book Aboriginal Country by Lisa Belair which has very recently been released. Thank you so much, Jen, for being in the studio with me this morning. My pleasure, Santo. And uh, could we just hear again the details of how people can actually get this book? Sure. Well, Aboriginal Country by Lisa Belair is through University of Western Australia Publishing, and that's uh, www.uwap.com.au. And just, or you could just do a Google search for Aboriginal Country by Lisa Belair and it'll pop up there. And uh, we can also get it uh, here at the station, apparently. Exactly. 
You can come into the station or you can go onto our website, www.3cr.org.au, and uh, have a look at uh, merchandise that they sell. What a terrible word to use for such a brilliant book, um, brilliant <laughs> cultural lovely. product. But anyway. Oh, I forgot to say, too. Um, Oh, after costs, any profits will be directed to the Victorian Aboriginal Health Service. That's the way we do things here. Okay, uh, it's time for me to go out the same old way. Um, you have been listening to Spoken Word. This is Santo Katsati signing off and shutting down. But uh, I give the last word to Lisa Belair. I write a poem. Uh, this is inspired by Jiaochi uh, and Heart to Heart. Uh, from, from you to me, to you from me, it's a start, heart to heart. Could the dream of sovereignty become reality, heart to heart? Could be a start, you and me, understanding sovereignty, heart to heart? Listen, could be a start, heart to heart. Natural of Jiaochi there. Stay over there, ladies and gentlemen. 